0: Chapter Fifteen of The Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Fifteen. A Fall in the Dark. Freddy was the first to be awake in the morning. He was cramped and stiff. He sat up straight. "'rubbed his eyes, and stretched his arms. "'He looked abroad, and the sight which met him "'caused him to grasp Aunt Amanda's hand in excitement. "'Land!' he cried, so loud that everyone awoke. "'Blamed if it ain't,' said Toby, "'and put on his white derby hat, "'considering that he had thereby dressed himself for the day. "'All the others sat bolt upright, "'and stared across the smooth blue sea, "'sparkling in the sunlight.' not more than a quarter of a mile away rose a tall black cliff straight up out of the water it stretched away on either hand for miles and miles and came to an end in the ocean at the right-hand and the left so that it was probably the side of an island the sea rolled up and down at the foot of the cliff making a beautiful white splash against the rocks but how on earth said aunt amanda are we ever to get ashore on such a place as that we're moving towards it said freddie Blamed if we ain't,' said Toby. "'We'll soon know whether we can get ashore or not.' They moved very slowly, and it was a long time before they came close enough to the cliff to see what their chances of a landing might be. They floated at last within two or three hundred yards of the cliff. It was very dangerous-looking. The waves rolled over huge black rocks at its foot and broke in white foam against its side. It seemed the last place in the world for a landing.' A great swell rolled in from the sea and brought them nearer the breakers. "'My word!' cried Mr. Punch excitedly. "'There's a harch.' "'A what?' said Toby. "'See,' said Aunt Amanda. "'There's a little archway in the rock, like the mouth of a cave, over there to the right. Don't you see? With the water pouring in? Over there!' It was true. There was an archway like the mouth of a cave and into this the water was streaming in a strong current, making a kind of passageway, more or less smooth, through the breakers. Yes, said Freddy, and I believe we're headed towards it. Their course changed a little to the right, as if the fish who was piloting them had now taken a correct bearing. They found themselves in a passage through the breakers, where the water swirled in towards the arch. They were caught in this current, and were swept to a point close under the towering black rocks and in another moment they were directly before the opening the current seized the raft as if with strong hands and drew it in they were in a cavern narrow and high whose interior was lost in darkness the current carried them onward into the dark the roar of the breakers suddenly ceased and as they looked behind them the archway was no more than a speck of light their raft turned slightly to the left and at that moment the speck of light disappeared, as if they had turned a corner, and the darkness became so black that no one could see even the person sitting next to him. "'I wonder,' said Toby, "'if there are any matches and candles on board this boat. I'm going to see.' He was silent for a while, and it was evident from the tilting of the raft that he had moved his position. Finally he said, "'Ah!' and a match spluttered and went out in the breeze which was blowing past them, but after it went out there remained a glimmer, and Toby was holding up a lighted candle and shielding it from the draft with his hand. Found them in the tin with the biscuits, said Toby. He held the candle on high so that its little beam searched out the darkness in front and on both sides. They were in a narrow passageway. On each side was a wall of solid rock, not ten feet beyond the edge of the raft how high the wall was they could not tell for it was lost in the darkness overhead they were slipping along a narrow alleyway of water toby held the candle higher and everyone peered into the darkness ahead but it was impossible to see more than a few yards i wish it distinctly understood said the sly old codger that i am here under never mind said aunt amanda my orders as captain is to say nothing and wait and see what will happen the raft turned a corner to the right and slipped on silently in that direction for a long distance, probably for more than a mile. Then the raft turned again, this time to the left, and after about ten minutes longer, Toby suddenly said, shh, shh. What's that? They all listened and heard afar off a sound as of rushing water, very faint but unmistakable. Err! "'Excuse me,' said the old codger, with the wooden leg. "'Do you think—ahem—there's um, any—er—danger?' "'I don't like it,' said Aunt Amanda. "'I don't think it's safe in here.' "'I think we are lower in the water,' said Freddie. "'So we are,' said Toby. "'The water's coming up over the top now, "'and if we don't get on dry land soon, "'we'll all be sitting in a puddle.' in spite of its being waterlogged and lower in the water the raft was beginning to go faster for the current had suddenly become swifter the wind blew stronger it swept through the narrow passageway so briskly that toby put his hat over the candle but he was too late the light wavered and went out a groan went up from the company i can hear that rushing sound plainer said aunt amanda it's wary like a waterfall said mr punch I wish it understood said the sly old fox distinctly understood that I am here under protest if I had ever for one moment imagined oh 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 screamed aunt Amanda we're going faster uh, uh, oh she threw her arms around freddy and held him tight the current suddenly became swifter the raft almost under water was leaping forward at a frightful speed directly ahead of them "'Growing louder and louder was the roar of rushing water. "'Hold on tight, Freddy,' cried Aunt Amanda. "'We'll all be done for,' shouted Toby. "'In another minute, I reckon. "'Hold on tight!' "'As Toby said this, the raft almost galloped. "'The roar of falling water burst on them from close ahead. "'The raft seemed to rise up and then to sink down. "'Its nose slanted downward.' the roar of falling water was all about them. Aunt Amanda screamed, but no one could hear her. The raft paused and teetered for an instant. Then it pointed downward, almost straight, and the whole party, the raft and the fish under the raft, plunged downward through the darkness on a cascade of tumbling water. Down, down, down. The raft shot from under and the passengers shot off. In a twinkling they were going down the waterfall on their backs Would they never reach the bottom? There did not seem to be any bottom, but, in another moment, there were Aunt Amanda and Freddy, her arms still about him, standing on their feet in about twenty-four inches of quiet water on a solid bottom. Dark forms appeared, one after another, beside them, and almost at once all the party were standing together in a group in about two feet of quiet water on a solid bottom. I fear, said the voice of the sly old codger, that I have lost my hat. They could see they were in a great chamber, whose walls they could make out dimly on each side. They could not see the top of the waterfall, but they could see its lower part very plainly. Through the tumbling water of the fall, near the bottom, sunlight was shining. Behind the water was an opening some six feet high, and as the water fell across this opening, the sunlight from without shone through it, making it glow with green and sparkle with white the waterfall hung over this opening like a curtain well said aunt amanda i'm pretty near drowned and my clothes are a sight to behold but i'm the captain of this expedition and my orders is that we go ashore the water proved to be shallow all about them and they waded to a strip of dry ground beside the wall which rose at their left as they faced the fall aunt amanda whose cane was gone "'was assisted by Mr. Toby and Mr. Punch. "'Blamed if my hat ain't gone too,' said Toby. "'She was a good hat. I'll have to say that for her.' "'The party walked along the edge of the water "'and came to the end wall of the chamber opposite the fall. "'There lay the wreck of the raft, "'with the tail of the great fish sticking out from beneath. "'I fear,' said the sly old codger, "'that the faithful creature has departed this life. "'He's dead as a doornail,' said Toby. "'Poor thing,' said Aunt Amanda. "'Anyway, my orders is to explore this cavern and see what we can find.' At this end of the cavern the water was slipping away under the wall, and this outlet explained why the water inside remained so shallow. The party commented on it, and then walked along the side wall towards the other end where the fall was. When they were midway along this wall, a cry from Toby— who had left Aunt Amanda to the care of Mr. Punch, startled the others. "'What's this?' he cried. "'Look here!' He was stooping over something, and as the others gathered round, they saw that he was stooping over a pile of small square boxes standing in several long rows along the wall. Mr. Hanlon lifted one of the boxes with a great effort and shook it. A jingling sound came from within. "'Aha!' said the sly old fox that beautiful music it is the sound dear friends the sound of-of money bless my soul cried aunt amanda is it my opinion is said the churchwarden that there is gold in that box then open it said aunt amanda mr hanlon shook his head the box was locked tight and it was bound with iron bands all the boxes were locked and they were all bound with iron bands ''Come along this way,'' said Toby. ''There's something more here.'' Further along the wall, leaning against it, was a row of large coffee sacks, each bound around the mouth by strong twine. One of these sacks Mr. Hanlon quickly opened. He tilted it over and poured out its contents on the ground. The party of onlookers gasped with astonishment. From the mouth of the bag fell pearl necklaces, diamond rings, ruby rings, emerald rings, all kinds of rings, gold bracelets and chains, silver forks and spoons, gold toothpicks, gold cups, silver vases, and a great variety of other things of the same sort. It was a moment or two before anyone spoke. Then the churchwarden said, "'It's my opinion that this is Pirate's treasure.' "'Mercy on us,' said Aunt Amanda, "'and they may be in here on us any minute.' Mr. Hanlon opened others of the bags. Each was filled with rare and costly articles of gold, silver, and precious stones. "'Do you think it's really pirates?' said Freddy, in an awed whisper. "'Not a doubt of it,' said Toby, in a voice much lower than before. "'Look at this!' He pointed to a placard on the wall above the sacks. The light was almost too dim for reading, but the writing on the placard was very large, and Toby— by standing on one of the bags, was able to make it out. He read it aloud. "'Beware. Hands off. Whoever shall touch it, he shall die by the hand of Lingo, with a knife in the throat. Long live King James and the Jolly Roger.' "'There's a skull and crossbones under it,' said Toby. "'Pirates, as sure as you're born.' "'We'd better be getting away from here,' said Aunt Amanda. "'Better not speak so loud,' said Toby.' "'How are we to—' "'Shh!' said the old codger with the wooden leg in a frightened whisper. "'Excuse me. Look. I saw something under the waterfall. What's that?' "'Stand close back against the wall,' whispered Toby, "'and don't speak a word.' They crowded back against the wall alongside of the treasure and looked towards the waterfall. A dark object was rising from the shallow water at the foot of the fall. As they watched— Another dark object appeared to come through from under the fall, and apparently from behind it, and this object rose also from the shallow water near the foot of the fall, and took its place beside the other. One after another, five more of these dark objects came from under the fall, and apparently from behind it, and stood upright in the shallow water. There were now seven in all. They moved in a group towards the shore. Each of them had two legs and each was muffled from top to toe in a single loose garment with baggy legs they walked somewhat like a company of bears they stood on the dry ground and one of them proceeded to take off the loose garment with which he was muffled while the others assisted him with evident deference first came off a close hood which covered his head cheeks and neck as the watchers by the wall saw his head they held their breath in terror and aunt amanda clutched freddie's arm Around the head was a tight-fitting kerchief, knotted behind. In his ears were great round earrings, and gripped between his teeth was a long-pointed knife. Aunt Amanda gave a sign as if she was about to scream, but Toby quickly put his hand over her mouth. As the man with the earrings got himself out of the legs of his loose garment, the party by the wall saw that he was a short and burly man of a ferocious aspect. In a sash which he wore was stuck on one side a cutlass and on the other a long pistol. He wore no coat, and his shirt was open at the throat. His arms showed from the elbows down, and they were thick with muscles. His trousers were knee-breeches, buckled just below the knee, and he was very bow-legged. His calves were big and knotted. When his outer covering had been removed, it was plain that he was perfectly dry from head to foot except for water on his face and hands, and while the others were taking off their coverings, he withdrew with one hand the knife from between his teeth, and with the other hand wiped the water from his eyes and face. He then stuck the knife in his sash, waved his hands somewhat daintily in the air as if to dry them, took from his breeches pocket a large white handkerchief, completed with this handkerchief the drying of his face and hands, examined his fingernails carefully, blew on them and proceeded to polish them delicately with his pocket-handkerchief at the same time swearing two dreadful oaths in a low tone of voice at the six men who were struggling with their coverings when these had been removed the six appeared in much the same style of dress as the first and each wore a cutlass and a pistol but their clothing was much ruder than his and they had no earrings instead of sashes they wore leather belts rang out a sneeze as sharp as a pistol shot from the party by the wall dear me said the sly old codger out loud i do believe i'm catching cold at the sudden discharge of the sneeze the seven men jumped as if they had in fact been shot each one snatched out his cutlass with his right hand and his pistol with his left and faced in the direction of the sneeze Confound your cold, whispered Toby fiercely to the sly old codger. Now we're done for. The seven men, with their cutlasses and pistols, with the ear-ringed man in the lead, tiptoed stealthily in the direction of the sneeze. As they came closer to the party who were crouched against the wall, Aunt Amanda slipped down quietly to the ground at Toby's feet. The captain of the expedition had fainted. End of chapter 15 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.